Hello, welcome to episode 13 of What Someone Call Lies in Reruns. I'm Mike Lawson. I used to have a weekly storytelling podcast, and now I'm sharing those stories with you here on the Afterthought Media feed. On this episode, I have two stories to share with you. Uh, one of them is called My Options, and I genuinely don't remember what that one's about. I'm going to play it here for the first time in a while. Uh, but first, let me share with you a story called The Fools of April. It's a story that I wrote and published back on Monday, September 3rd of 2012. Here you go. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything, right? Well, today, I'll tell the tale of when I duped a pretty stand-up person. Hi, my name's Mike Lawson, and I tell what some will call lies. Um, I really love telling stories. I love, I love, I love telling, telling stories. What some would call lies. 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 Vomit. You lying son of a gun. Kind of creepy. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. He said. She said. I said. What the hell? Liar, liar, pants on fire. I love your dress. And I'm not making this up. You are a goddamn liar. I'm back, bitches. <laughs> I love telling stories. This podcast is in no particular order a collection of stories from my life that I retell as accurately as I see fit. A lot of people that know me now don't actually know this about me, but I used to be really involved in politics. Really involved. In 2006, I stopped writing for a newspaper in Orange County, California, and I started focusing on my job of developing literacy programs for a nonprofit organization. But this change kind of left a big empty place in my heart. For the newspaper, I was covering city politics, and I really loved it. I, I enjoyed city council meetings. I liked getting involved in all the little political spats. So after some contemplation and a little encouragement by my friend Mikey, I decided to start a political blog, a blog that would cover local political issues, but since I'm an incredible liberal, just to the left of Lenin, it would have a liberal leaning. In short, that is how the liberaloc.com was born. first few posts were just snarky regurgitations of political stories that I found in the local paper. A few calendar posts of progressive organizations' events, and the readership was tiny, just slightly above zero. So I decided that I needed to bring in some other people to help me cover what was happening in Orange County. Getting new writers to contribute would have a few benefits. First, a new voice would just add some good variety and perhaps a different point of view. Second, I knew that a team of people could create new and fresh content more often than just a single person. And third, if I picked the right people, they would come with a built-in audience, a network to market the site to. A few years before starting the Liberal OC, I met Chris Pervat, and here's Chris. The first time I met Mike Lawson 
was when he interviewed me as a candidate for Garden Grove City Council in 2002. Mike was writing for the Garden Grove Journal, a weekly publication serving the Garden Grove area. As I recall, he did a pretty good job with the interview. He didn't make me seem too unappealing to the voters. I lost that election, but I don't think his interview had much to do with that. Chris was totally overqualified to join a never-read blog site. For my day job, I work for the County of Orange Healthcare Agency as the program supervisor for special projects. In my spare time, I'm treasurer of the Orange County Employees Association, which represents more than 18,000 public employees in Orange County. Aside from his incredible professional experience, I knew Chris to also be a progressive thinking guy, and I knew that he had a great sense of humor. So I reached out and I asked him if he wanted to start blogging. And that's when things really took off. With the help of Chris and some other really great political writers I found, the Liberal OC went from a one-person, rarely-read blog to a molder of public opinion in the county. As a team, we watched our daily hits rise into the hundreds and then the thousands and higher. People were sending us news tips and we were actually breaking news ahead of the traditional media in the county sometimes. Okay, now another thing you might not know about me is that I absolutely love a well-planned out practical joke. One year when I was writing for the Liberal OC, I planned and executed one of the best and most successful April Fool's pranks that I've ever pulled off. The political counterpart to the Liberal OC was this really conservative blog called The OC Blog. It was written almost entirely by a Republican named Matt Cunningham, and the OC blog was owned by a publishing company called The Red County. It was the Republican ying to our Democratic yang. While the Liberal OC was fueled by a passionate team of volunteers, the OC blog and Matt Cunningham had money behind it, and this moolah made my April Fool's joke more believable. In the late hours of March 31st, I completely redesigned the look of the Liberal OC. I changed our normal orange color scheme to a deep dark blue. I got rid of the Liberal OC header, and I made a new one that looked almost identical to the conservative OC blog's header, but I called our site the Blue Minority. And then I drafted a press release. Here it is. <clears throat> For immediate release. <laughs> Red County Magazine acquires the LiberalOC.com. Dateline, Tustin, California. The nation is polarized into two very clear groups, Republicans and Democrats. In the Orange County political blogosphere, however, that is not the case. This morning, readers of the only political blog in Orange County to focus solely on progressive politics has undergone a change. The LiberalOC.com has joined Red County Magazine. Red County has so far targeted center-right readers on topics that impact their lives. With the addition of the Liberal OC, which will now be called the Blue Minority, Orange County readers will have the opportunity to see local politics through two lenses, the conservative one and the liberal one. Mike Lawson, who founded the Liberal OC blog in April 2006, will continue as the lead member of the Blue Minority blog pen. He is joined by all the familiar names, Chris Pervat, 
Susan Fries, Mikey Love, Dan Chimwelski, Ed Velasquez, Gila Jones, and the newest addition, political science professor from Chapman University, Fred Smoller. <laughs> and I sent this press release to every contact I had, like a dozen reporters, a handful of bloggers from all over the country, and most people emailed me back with a tongue-in-cheek type response, very aware of the date. One person that I contacted, however, took me rather seriously, and she just happened to work for the Orange County Register, which is the newspaper of Orange County. <laughs> the Orange County Register political reporter covering the local OC political scene, Peggy Lowe, jumped on this story before her morning coffee, writing a brief post on the Register's political blog, Total Buzz. She then picked up the phone to call Matt Cunningham to get a quote from who she thought was the new owner. Peggy wrote in a follow-up post, So, as the old school reporter that I am, I called Matt Cunningham early this morning seeking confirmation on this blue minority deal. He called me back, and all I could hear was laughter. Yep, I fell for it, and no, the Red County boys aren't taking over the Liberal OC. Guess it was the blogosphere version of the whoopee cushion. Still waiting for a return email from Mike Lawson, the jokester. Friends, don't let friends blog until the second cup of coffee is in the bloodstream. April Fools! <laughs> Since I left Orange County, the team at theliberaloc.com is still kicking ass. Not only are they doing some really amazing things as far as political coverage and breaking news, they still continue to have fun, and they run fun, practical joke stories all the time. One year, they announced that they had purchased the Village Voice Media publication, the OC Weekly, and changed its name to the Liberal OC Weekly. Another year, they broke the fake news that Orange County Assemblyman Chuck DeVore, who was running at the time for a U.S. Senate nomination, had dropped his bid. One April, they wrote that the Orange County Register was purchased by a right-wing political group, which was kind of plausible at the time because the parent company, Freedom Communications, was shedding its holdings after emerging from bankruptcy. And then another year, after a consultant that was linked to Chuck DeVore put together an event at a bondage-themed nightclub that included simulated lesbian sex acts, the liberal OC cooked up this April Fool's conspiracy that placed DeVore at the event, and they even included badly photoshopped photos as evidence. And the joke, which was clearly a joke, prompted an angry response from DeVore's press team, and there was even a complaint from a reporter that said that the satirical story was way too believable, and it sent him on an early morning fruitless chase to confirm some of the fake facts. Now we've tried to maintain Mike's high April Fool standards as best we can, but I still think his prank ranks as the all-time best. I have nothing to do with all of the successes of the Liberal OC team in the past five years, Yet I'm still super proud of seeing what has grown. I feel like I planted a seed years ago, and even though I have had nothing to do with watering and caring for this thing that's growing, 
I'm still able to log on. I can go to the liberaloc.com and I can sit in its shade. Liberal OC was named Orange County's best liberal blog by Orange Coast Magazine in 2008. In 2010, we were named the best political blog by the Orange County Press Club. And again this year, the OC Press Club named us the 2012 best news and political blog. Liberal OC is gearing up for election season. In addition to our coverage of local races, I will also be covering the Democratic National Convention, live from Charlotte, North Carolina. Liberal OC has been issued press credentials for the convention. We're having a blast with Liberal OC. Thanks, Mike. Up next, I got another story for you. This one's called My Options. As I told you, I don't really remember what it's about. Uh, I do know it was originally published on Sunday, September 9th of 2012. Here you go. Even at that age, especially at that age, I knew better. I knew that I was being a complete asshole. I was a young 20 when I met Peter, and I knew that we had very little in common. Our very first conversation bored me, a conversation about horses where he fervently explained how he went to the stables a few times a week to volunteer, and my response was a few of those closed mouth, trying not to show how bored I am, yawn sort of things. So it might be surprising to learn that I asked Peter out on a date, and then another and another. My reasons for this were not desperation. I wasn't bored with life and thought that a boring date with a boring horse guy would be better than no date at all. The reason that I kept seeing Peter was because he was hot. Like on the scale of hotness from zero to J. Rochelle. Peter was an easy 8, maybe even a 9, but I shouldn't use the word easy, really, but that explanation will come later. Well, maybe I shouldn't use the word come either because, well, anyway, Peter looked a lot like CNN's TJ Holmes, minus the suit, minus the toll that 10 years of too much education could do to a face. He was really handsome. As the days of dating Peter turned into weeks, it became abundantly clear that I was interested in him for all the wrong reasons. I subconsciously started arranging all of our dates to be at places that didn't encourage conversation, movies, comedy clubs, book readings, and afterward we would make out and I almost never made it to second base. The old-fashioned Mormon brush-off. And don't think that I wasn't trying. Now, what I'm about to say might come off as a bit cocky, but it's not meant to be. I don't chase boys. I'm not saying this in a I'm so fucking irresistible that I don't need to sort of way. And I'm not trying to say that guys fall on their knees the moment that they meet me. What I'm trying to explain to you is that I get exhausted and turned off easily by the well I never charade that some people put on for a little too long.
Aside from learning that you can tell the age of a horse by the number of teeth that it has, I was getting nothing out of dating Peter. We were about two months into it, and I decided to end it. He called and said that he'd wanted to come over to watch a movie, he would cook me dinner. Movie sounds good, I said, but I think I'm having dinner with my roommate, I said. Sounding a little disappointed, he agreed to come over to just watch a movie. Again, this was me just being a complete asshole. When he knocked on my door and took off his shoes and got comfortable on my couch, I couldn't help but feel a little mad at myself. While I hate the fake prudish act that some guys put on, I was just as guilty of putting on a show. Come in, sit down, get comfortable. Let me tell you everything about my life and make myself look like a fucking intellectual when all I wanted was to get laid. I knew, and he didn't, that this would be the last time we would ever hang out. I was done. What a jerk. I was a complete asshole. I didn't get any that night. We rolled around on the bed for a while. He showed me all the signs of being into me, but he still held his ground. I can't, I'm Sandra D. Uh, eventually I fake yawned, I looked at the clock and I told Peter about all the things I had to do early the next day, and he got the hint and he left. I wish that I could end the story here. Dun, 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 you know, music outro. But unfortunately there's more. I want to remind you of a couple of things before I finish this story, though. I want you to remember that I was 20 years old. And don't forget that when I said goodbye to Peter that night, I had every intention of never seeing this guy again. I like a little hard to get, but I'm no fan of unattainable. So later that night, a few hours after Peter left my place, I got an email. The gist of the email was something like this. He said something like, I'm start, I'm starting to like you a lot. I've been less than honest. I was diagnosed with HIV about a year ago, and I thought you should know before we get any more intimate. Fuck. So I was left with a few options. Option one, I could ignore his email. I could dodge his phone calls, and I can look like a complete asshole. Option two, I could respond that I wasn't into him. I can, I mean, it's the truth. I could tell him that I had no intention of ever seeing him again. Even before he told me about his HIV status, I could tell him that all I wanted to do was get into his pants and I could look like a complete asshole. Option three, I could lie. I can continue to date him for a while and slowly break it off with him, stringing him along. I can act like the HIV thing was no big deal. And I could look like a complete asshole. Beep. I'm interrupting this story. Uh, this is Mike Lawson from the present, by the way. Uh, interrupting Mike Lawson from the past. At this point in the story, I ended up uh, trying to get people to go over to my Facebook page and interact with the story there and tell me what would you do. And uh, I'll tell you what I did over on Facebook. Uh, it was a big tease to get you know people interacting with the Facebook page. Um, so I'll cut that out and I'll leave this here. Uh, I'll just conclude by saying that I did end up making a choice, and the choice made me look like a complete asshole.
that's it. I'm done. Two stories shared. And believe it or not, if you come back next week, I have two more for you. Uh, the two stories I want to share with you next week are um, an interesting pair. The first one's called The Autumn Wallace Club. And it's about a, a classmate of mine who got brutally murdered when I was in the, the third grade. And then uh, the second story is called Through the Looking Glass. And it's a good pairing because that story is about the time that I had a pen pal relationship with a woman in prison who happened to have murdered my (laughs) childhood classmate. So come back uh, for those two stories. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. I like to eat pizza.